This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. people in the world joining me, Brooke Eden. And you were one of my first guests on my podcast years and years and years and years and years ago. Oh my God, yes. It was like four or five years ago. I mean, it's not that many years ago, but it was like right when I started my podcast, you were one of my first guests. And we've just kind of grown up in this Nashville music industry together because you've been here how long now? I've been here for nine years now. Okay, crazy. I think I've been here almost 20. Isn't that insane? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's wild. It really does raise you in a way. Like Nashville, I feel like raised me. Yeah. So, so much has changed in your world since our first interview. And I just am over the moon with you living in your authentic life. So you just recently, how long have you been out lesbian? How long have you been out of the closet? Well, it depends on who you ask. I mean, it depends on if you ask my mom, like six years, if you ask the rest of my family, like three years, you know, so, and then I just came out publicly in January. So, um, you know, coming out such a process, it's such a journey. It's like, sometimes, you know, you feel comfortable with certain people and not with others or whatever it is. And, um, it's, it's just, it's such a process. And so it's kind of funny. People are like, when did you come out? And I'm like, I feel like I come out every day. You know, it's like you meet someone new and you kind of have to go through the whole, like, and now it's even harder. Cause I used to say like, Oh, my girlfriend, we went on a date night last night. And then it was like, oh, okay, got it you're with a woman. 
Um, now I'm like, oh, me and my fiance went on a date night. And that's even more confusing because then they're always like, oh, what did he da 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 da? And I'm like, well, she da 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 da. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, don't be. <laughs> like, so um, yeah, coming out is such a, a journey, but I mean, publicly January. And you were physically ill before you came out. Like you were giving yourself ulcers because you're in country music and country mm -hmm. music is definitely making strides to get with the times and be progressive. Don't you feel that? Do you feel that way that they've been oh, trying? I, I think so too. And you've been a huge part of that. But it, before you came out, there weren't a ton of openly uh, gay, lesbian performers or artists in the no. genre. And so is no. that a terrifying thing? Because you were like literally giving yourself stomach ulcers and making yourself so sick because here you are in love with Hillary and you are not able to live your truth as an artist. And being an artist is all about being truthful, you know? Yeah. Well, I think in the beginning I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, this is something that I can do. Were you just going to, like, split your life and be, like, on, off, like, performer, you're going to be straight, and, like, behind closed doors, you're going to be gay? It was – I didn't even get that, like, technical about it. I was just, like, I'm allowed – it was more, like, I grew up as such a people pleaser. Me too. And I grew up being able to kind of chameleonize into any room that I was in. Like, okay, well, what does this person need from me? Okay, I'll be that. Okay, what is this Same way. I'm the same. Really? I mean, it, it's such a crazy way to exist, right? It's exhausting, right? It's exhausting. And, but I was like, oh, I'm a professional at this. Like, I know how to be what you want me to be. Like, let's do it, you know? And soon it just, I mean, especially with the schedule that I was on, I mean, we were playing like 200 shows a year and... I could, like, Hillary couldn't come with me on the road. Meanwhile, she's also on the road. So we would see each other, like, maybe one or two days a week. But she, and works in, she works in the music industry on the other side. She's not on the artist side. She's on, like, the business side of it. Yes, Hillary works on the business side of the music industry. And so, yeah, at the time, we were both on the road so much. And, yeah, it was just, like, I look at – interviews from back then and I was just such a robot I was just answering how I knew I was supposed to answer and anytime that someone would ask me about if I was in a relationship or what a certain song was about or whatever I would just like shut down and just answer with like well I'm not married yet so like I just oh had so these like, like forming for your life oh yeah totally I felt as though you know, I was told at the beginning of our relationship that if I wanted to keep my career in country music, that I would have to keep our relationship a secret. So for me, I grew up my whole life wanting to be a country singer. That's all I ever wanted. I had dated boys my whole life and just never really saw a future with any of them. So like me being in a committed relationship was never like something that I saw for my future. Like I never wanted to get married. Like I you always never wanted to get married. I just didn't understand love like that. Like I, I had never felt it. I had never really seen it like in my familial relationships, like with their significant others. So yeah, I just didn't really believe that it existed like true love. And I just was like, 
I don't really think that's for me. Like I always wanted to be a mom and I figured like I would adopt one day, but yeah, getting married was never in the picture for me. So you never had, did you have the thought that you might possibly be a lesbian or was it just like, I just don't see myself getting married? When seventh grade, I had a crush on a girl and I told my mom and she was like, Oh, that's just a fate. Like, that's just, you know, I like, I love, you know, I'll like start to like love one of my friends too. And I'm like, no, it's not one of my friends. Like it's not, that's not what it is here. Like it's different. And she was like, I don't really know what to tell you about that. And just, I just kind of was like, okay, got it, bottle it up. And then like after that, I dated boys again. And it was like, not, you know, I thought it was fine. I just never felt like the same as my friends were feeling about Mm -hmm. boys. Like they would be heartbroken when they broke up. And I would be like, okay, cool. Like, let's Whatever. move on. I didn't understand it. I was probably a terrible friend because I had no empathy. <laughs> it was just like, like, clean it up. Like, pick up your pieces and let's go. You know, like, <laughs> I just, like, didn't get it at all. So when I met Hillary, you know, all I had done my whole life was work to be a country singer. Like, that was, like, my end goal of, like, every single thing that I did in my life was, like, get to Nashville and be a country singer. So here I am, I have the record deal, I have the publishing deal, I'm about, I'm, I'm on radio tour, I'm meeting all these country radio people, and as that's happening, I meet the love of my life, and I finally feel what it feels like to fall in love, and like, love someone so much, and that like, magnetism, and feel love back from them, and like, every song that I'd ever heard like made sense and every love like story in a movie I ever saw made sense and I was like oh shit this is real but here you are about to dive into you're going headfirst into your dream which at this point hasn't had very many country artists who are gay and lesbian and so what a crossroads to be at yeah it was like wow yeah so I'm being told, like, I have to keep this a secret. And I'm like, okay, I can, like, I'll do anything to be a country singer. Like, I'll and do Hillary anything. had already come out. Like, she was out, right? Yeah, Hillary was out when I met her. And, like, our thing was like, oh, we're just best friends, right? Like, we were, we were working together at the time. So, like, we were supposed to be on the road together. We were supposed to be doing shows together. Like, we were supposed to be building a, a working relationship. But you know, it was instant for both of us. I mean, really? yeah, the moment that we met each other, this is funny. I don't even know if she like would want, I'm sure she doesn't care if she tells the story, but she's like, I remember seeing you on stage for the first time and being like, damn, she's hot. And then she's like, and then I immediately was like, whoa, that's weird. I don't look at girls like that. Like she had been with one girl before me. Like she was, had dated a girl for like four years before me. But before that, she was, like, always with boys. So she was, like, oh, this is a fluke. But I, like, loved – she, like, loved this girl. So anyways, when she – she kind of thought, like, oh, that was just, like, a phase that I went through or whatever. And then she saw me on stage and thought I was hot. And she was, like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> Meanwhile, I meet Hillary for the first time. And I'm, like, wow. Like, I was, I was just, like, mesmerized by, like, her badassery. Like, I was just, like, damn, like – She's kind, she takes over the room, but like in the most like sincere and sweet way. And like, she's just so confident in who she is as a human. And that was like super attractive to me. And And so- And let's not forget to mention, she's a bombshell. Oh, 
complete bombshell. Like, like y'all are the hottest couple in the world. It's almost too much to handle. Oh my God. Like y'all walk into the room and y'all not only are so beautiful, so badass in your own careers, so kind, so all of that, but then your style is so like next level. You two walk in and like jaws are on the ground. It's like hard. It's hard to like process how smoke show and amazing y'all are. Oh my God. If you could only see us like getting ready for events, we're like, do we look absolutely ridiculous? Like we don't feel that way at all. For, so for you to say that, it's like very sweet. But um, yeah, I mean, we met and just like immediately felt like kind of kindred spirits, like that kind of feeling where it was like, I just want to spend all my time with you. Like you're so much fun and you're awesome. But like by the third day of us, like being on a bus together for radio tour, I was like, holy shit, like, I feel differently about you than I feel about my friends. Like, I can think that my friends are beautiful and badass and, like, amazing and, like, that's my friend, like, that's my homie. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want anything to do with that, you know? But it was so different with Hillary. And it was definitely, like, this crazy thing where I was like, no, no, I'm just going to like act like this isn't happening. Like, I'm just going to like live my life. And she actually was the one who like reached out to me and was like, Hey, I need you to drink a lot of alcohol tonight and then call me. And I was like, (laughs) strange request. (laughs) So I did. We were in Arizona and I like really took it to heart and I went and had a hammered. (laughs) Finish full margarita, like let's go. And the conversation liquid courage going. What? Get that liquid courage going. Yes, exactly. Meanwhile, I have no idea what she wants to talk to me about. And um she got on the phone with me and she was like, it was a five-hour FaceTime that started with, Hey, do you think our friendship is kind of like weird? And I was like, Yeah, I I think it's probably like a little like I don't yeah, I think it's a little weird. <laughs> and like, because we had done such a good job with the liquid courage thing, <laughs> drinking a lot, neither of us really remember like from A, like between B and X. It was just like, it was like, oh, we started out with that and then ended with, if if you want this, I want this. Like, if you're in, I'm in. And yeah, and so like, we kind of just like, turned our whole worlds upside down on that night. It was three weeks after we met each other. And yeah, we like tried to hide it for a while. Hiding true love is very hard to do. (laughs) Just the way that you look at each other and the way that you are with each other. I mean, you know how we are, Caroline. It's Mm -hmm. like, we just are, you know, and we've always been that way. And um, so, you know, slowly people started finding out and yeah, we were told like, hey, you need to keep this hush hush. So yeah, I spent a lot of time with like a lot of energy, just like trying to bottle it all up and, you know, be one person to like our trusted group of friends and a couple of family members and then be a completely different artist and it was just really hard because I had a song out during my relationship about a relationship and I couldn't even talk about what the song was actually about. And I was like, this is only going to get harder and harder. And girl, like I'm either all in or all out. And I just like was bottling up like all of this emotion and just like real life. I guess it all just internalized. And yeah, I was like, my body was rated with ulcers. 
and and you were just in your stomach just like sick sickness like that sick feeling of like you know when you feel that sick feeling all the time of like nausea and yes anxiety was it just that constantly for you all the time like it never went away and like I I was passing out before shows I was passing out after shows I I almost passed out on stage one time I was like like throwing up before shows sometimes and I was just like what's happening then I went to the doctor and like I had the worst anemia they'd ever seen. Like they were like, you could have a heart attack at any point because your blood is so low that like, if you went up a flight of stairs too fast, like your heart could beat too fast for it to keep up and you could have a heart attack. Like you were just stressed to the max. Like you were like literally stressing yourself out to death almost. Yeah. Yeah. And my doctor, um, he like did an exploratory stomach surgery and he was like, whatever you have going on in your life that's causing these ulcers, like you need to get that figured out because you're not going to be able, like you're not going to be able to live like this for much longer. I was getting blood transfusions and iron infusions like every two months. I remember passing out. I was, I was at the doctor getting an iron infusion. I passed out while I was getting the iron infusion and they sent me to the hospital that same day to get a blood transfusion. And then I played the opera the next day. Like it was just like the most insane workload matched with my health, just like not working at all. And then my doctor like staring me and looking me in the eyes and being like, whatever you're doing, you need to figure your shit out because you're, you can't live this way. So is that when you said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to come out. Well, that was like, I got off the road. I was like, I, he was like, listen, you can't tour right now. Like you need nine hours of sleep a night, no alcohol. I didn't drink for like a year and a half. Um, like very restricted diet. Like this is the only way to repair your body, but it's also mental and emotional. So like there's, there's two different parts of this. And it was about um, two years into this like time off that I read a book called Untamed. Um, Glennon Doyle. Doyle, yes. And it like literally changed my life. Have you guys connected yet? Because I'm sure y'all would be so strong together as like something, doing something. We follow each other on Instagram, which is like so crazy to me because like literally that book is like my Bible. Uh-huh. Um, but we haven't like connected. She's like a big introvert, you know? <laughs> But obviously she's also so good at like being an activist. And I think, I think there, you need to go on her podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. I watch her, 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 watch her podcast on her Instagram all the time. Yeah, me too. Um, But really that book, it just completely changed my life. And there was a paragraph that she wrote about integrity and It was like integrity. Let's talk about it. It's when the person that you are on the inside and to your bubble of friends and family is the same person that you project to the outside. And I was like, oh, wow, I have absolutely no integrity. Mm -hmm. I still was going into every single room, chameleonizing myself to be whoever they wanted me to be instead of being who I am. And I was just like, I'm freaking 30 years old. Like I'm a grown ass woman and I'm acting like I still have these 
pressures around me that can navigate my life for me. And that's and the fear of thinking that like the, like let's just use country music because that's the genre and the industry you're in. It could be any industry yeah. thinking that like an industry has the power to control your life. You know, yes. that's yes. what I think we, you can have so much pressure because you think you have to do a certain thing and be a certain way to fit in, to be accepted when really you coming out and being who you are, are I feel like you have exploded more than you ever have being your authentic self but it, you have to get to the point where you're ready and you and I are both friends with Mickey Guyton and I interviewed her and she said the same thing it's like she is one of the the, the first black female artists in country music there's not many and she has always been trying to fit in and like mm -hmm. just like you know go mainstream and do what she thought people wanted and she finally her husband's finally like just sing about who you really are and what you're really going through. And then she exploded. You know, it's like when you finally can speak that truth that feels so hard to speak, it just makes yeah. waves. Yes. So wildly enough that you bring up Mickey, Mickey and I have known each other since I was 18. We tried out for American Idol together <laughs> way back in the day. And um, we were in like the humidity of Atlanta and my hair was like out to space <laughs> And she came up to me and my mom was like, oh, honey, your hair, you know, like patting my head. And Mickey came up to me out of nowhere, complete stranger, didn't know each other. And she was like, hey, girl, I just heard you and your mom talking about your hair. I have a straightener in my backpack if oh. you want me to straighten your hair for me. For, Look, for you guys were meant to be in each other's lives. I know. The fact that in the mass of humanity in a line at American Idol in Atlanta, <laughs> You and Mickey connected. If that's not like cosmic and like soul connection, I don't know what is. That just goes to yeah. show what's meant for you is meant for you. Who's meant for yes. you is meant for you. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And like just letting that happen and letting that be is like the coolest thing about life to me. Yes. It's like letting those cosmic interactions happen, you know? Yes. Oh, I love that. So yeah. It's so crazy. But yeah, so, you know, we've known each other for like, a long time now and so last February right before COVID she calls me up and you know she's back and forth between Nashville and LA so I never know when she's here and she's like girl what are you doing tonight I'm like Hillary's out of town let's do a girl's night I'm bored and she was like I'm coming over and making chocolate chip cookies I'm like okay come on so she comes over and it was like She's like making cookies and I'm like, girl, play for me what you got going. Like, I know you have something up your sleeve right now. And she was like, you don't even know. So she plays me, um, what are you going to tell her? And black like me. And I'm sobbing. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, Mickey, like, this is incredible. Like, holy, you're going to change the game. And she was like, we have to do this. It's our time. She was like, it can't only be me. It has to be you. It has to be all of us just like being our authentic selves. She's like, what are you waiting for? She's like, I don't feel like I want to cry right now. Yeah. She goes, who's telling you no? Who's telling you you can't? She's like, it's only you now. And I'm like, oh my God, you're right. And like, that was all, that That's was a moment. Who's telling you no? Who's telling yeah. you that you can't? Yes. We all need to examine that in our lives, no matter where you are in your life. Like who is that voice in your head that you think is the reason you have to perform for them and be a certain way and fit your life into a box that you think you have to fit in, which who made that box up? Like throw the box away. 
that is the thing. After I had this conversation with Mickey and then I read this untamed book and like all of these things started coming together and I'm like, oh my God, like all of these rules that were set out for me are made up. Like who made them up and who says that those are the rules that we all should follow? Like maybe those rules work for you and maybe they don't work for me and like, that's okay. But like, that was a made up rule. And, um, yeah, I mean, those were just some of those big moments. And it's like, I wonder how much longer it would have taken me had Mickey and I not gotten together that night. And had we not like had that moment of no one else is telling you no anymore. Like, it's just now that's in your head of like, this is how I have to live my life now. And it's like, hmm. No, it's not. So like, it's great. It's great peer pressure to have someone who's also like in the same boat. Obviously y'all are different scenarios that you're dealing with, but like seeing that she's going for it and being authentic and knowing that that's your destiny and to have that like camaraderie to say like, we can do this together. I mean, that just is so powerful. Oh my God. It's so powerful. And it's so important to have those people in your life too, you know, of just like, challenging your your normities you know and and challenging what like why are we doing things this way and yeah I mean I remember it was like four months after that conversation that I like called my manager and I was like hey Brian um I just like had a revelation and I've been having revelations and I want to put out this music And I'm so excited to put out this music and my record label had like green lit me putting out this music, but I can't put out this music about love and happiness and joy without being myself because I'm just going to go back into the robot that I was. And he was like, okay, let's call the label. So, I mean, we had a meeting with the label and the label was like, not only do we support this, like we encourage this. Like, well, then you, where did the not encouragement come from in the beginning? Well, it I don't took, It took say, a while to get there. It just took a while to get there. It took a while to get there. Yeah, okay. totally. And just a lot of things, a lot of parts of my team changed between okay. then and, and when that conversation happened. So they were like, you know, my record label was bought up by BMG, which is like a huge international label. A lot of my BMG team is in the LGBTQ community. So it was like, yes, like we love this. Like you have such a a community, even within your record label and such a team that's going to be fighting for you. And Mm, that's so great. It was just such a cool moment to, for them to be like, yeah, not on, only do we support you, but like encourage this and like we have your back. And it's just been like, I had no idea how people were going to react to the music with like the real story behind it. Like, hey, this is my music. Also, this is my love story. Also, this is my girlfriend, now fiance. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. 
Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like your debut, okay, so this whole new EP you had, your first one was Sunroof. And that video. First one was No Shade. Oh, first one was No Shade. Yes. Was, wait, was Hillary in No Shade? She is in it just like at the very end. It's like a little like peak. We like see each other for the first time. And then Sunroof happens and, and she the she's the whole thing. Y'all are in the car, y'all yes. driving down the beach, coastal beach. Your, your outfits, aren't, aren't you looking like, like vintage, like Dolce & Gabbana outfits and stuff, like clothes? Like it's like, you're so high fashions, but like 70s, yeah. 60s, this, this retro style that is you times a million. Like I feel like not only is your music and your love story coming together, it's like your whole fashion style and everything. It's who you are as this like force of nature has all just 
truly erupted and it's beyond comprehension. It's so amazing. Oh so my like, God. You are in this video and you and Hillary are so beautiful. The song is infectious. Like you can't stop listening to it and you oh. make your debut publicly with this yeah. EP. And I feel like the whole world goes nuts. It becomes like number one on iTunes and like the videos number one. And like you're getting yeah. billboards in the middle of Nashville. You got one in times square. Like, you're getting nominated for all sorts of things. Like and Melissa Etheridge is now talking about you saying you're her like spotlight artist that she wants to focus on. You just played the grand old Opry with Trisha Yearwood. And yeah. you're saying she's in love with the boy, but changed it to she's in love with the girl. Trisha did. It's like everything just happened like fireworks, right? Yeah. It feels so wild. Like it feels like almost like divine that God was like, let's reward you for your bravery. And like, helping people live their authentic life you know like I it's just been so rewarding to like live my life authentically and like wow never in a million years thought that this would happen and then like getting messages from people on Instagram or TikTok that are just like oh my god you living your authentic life has made me feel comfortable enough to live my authentic life. And that right there is like, if I could help one person do that, that's worth everything. But like getting to help a lot of people just feel like, hey, I can go to a country concert and feel comfortable there as a queer person. I can go to a country concert and feel like I'm not going to get rocks thrown at me or tomatoes thrown at me. You know what I mean? It's just creating a safe place for love and acceptance and inclusion. And like doing that all throughout the country music industry. It's, it's so cool to watch and be a part of this like radical change that's happening right now. And also see like a whole new wave of fans that maybe felt rejected from the country music genre for a long time feel invited again you know tell me how you felt the night before your new ep dropped okay so the thing i i didn't really realize what i was doing i actually had a conversation with um my record label like social media guy and he was teaching me how to do TikTok. And he was like, okay, so like you add a video and then you add like words and then da da da. I'm like, oh, okay, I've never made one before. I'll make one. And he was like, you know, kind of introduce yourself. And I'm like, okay, cool. So in January, I just like threw a bunch of pictures of Hillary and I together and like talked about how, you know, we weren't supposed to be together. And then now we're living our life out loud. And now I have a new music video that she's gonna be with me in. And all this stuff, right? And so I put it on TikTok. I had like 35 followers. So it was like, cool, no one's going to see this. And then it kind of like went viral on TikTok. And all of a sudden, my record label's calling me like, whoa, 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 like, didn't really know that you were doing this. And I was like, I didn't either. I thought I was just learning how to make a TikTok. <laughs> so, um, so I kind of like came out in January. So it like went all through socials. Um, like it was on my Instagram and my Facebook and TikTok, and it was like that to me was kind of like the introduction of like, hey, this is kind of what's about to happen. 
that was not planned at all. It was not like strategic. It was literally like me playgrounding around on TikTok that turned into that. And the not the amount of like love and support that I received from that video made me so much more comfortable with like what was to come. It's kind of like you had a soft opening for your debut of being a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> people liked the food people were into the menu yeah I was yeah. like yeah I was like okay I was like okay like this you know this, this is, is gonna going be well this is going well yeah this is gonna be okay and um so before the songs came out I mean honestly like before the came out I was I was very excited I was nervous as all hell but it was like an excited nervous. It wasn't like a scary nervous. And I'll always take excited nervous, you yeah, know, because it means that like you're doing something that's kind of scary. So you're going out of your comfort zone, which is like a really fun and like interesting place to live in your life, you know? Yes. Um, but yeah, the first song came out that was the first song that came out was No Shade. And that was kind of like, you know, this reintroduction. It almost picked up where I left off at my last single at act like you don't because act like you don't was about a toxic relationship. And then no shade was the next song that came out five years later. And it was about coming out of that toxic relationship and like becoming a better person through the process of like learning from that relationship. And then sunroof came out, which is really, you know, where Hillary comes in and my love story comes in and, yeah, I was a little nervous. I'm like, how are, how is the country audience gonna take two girls on CMT? You know, like, how's, how's this gonna work? And then you realize that like, man, this world is just changing so fast. It's and right now too. It's like everything is changing right now. And like, you're in the middle yeah. of it, but it is, it is happening yeah. right now. It's a radical change right now, as you said. Yeah. And I think a lot, like a, a lot of it is that 2020 happened and 2020, you know, before 2020, we're all just like grinding. We're all just in this rat race, just hustling to get, we don't even freaking know where sometimes I think, yes, you know, yes. like where are we trying to go? Um, and 2020 like stopped the world in such a way that there was nothing to hide behind anymore. Like you couldn't hide behind being busy or working or your friend group or anything like you were just raw. You were bare. And I think that that just allowed for so many things to come to the surface that had been bottled up and pushed down for so long for everyone, like social injustices and race issues and the like just the world as we were living in such a way as if like we acted like tomorrow like you know we just had forever to live and then all of a sudden we're hit with this pandemic of like any of us could die like at any time just by going to the grocery store you know mm -hmm. and so I think that that opened up this kind of like live like you were dying mentality yes. of like, what are we all really doing here? And do we all actually have enough energy to hate the person next to us because of the color of their skin or because of who they love? Yeah. yeah. And it makes you like examine those 
old, old, outdated beliefs. Like, like you said, who made those and why are we following those rules? Totally. Like, yeah. Who, who decided that that was, that was what life was going to be? Because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, totally. So there was something about 2020 that just like opened this world up in such a way that I think for me, I was like, oh, I've been living, I've been hiding behind all of these things that don't matter. And for you what? know, like, and, for, like you said, for why? For what? Like, what am I yeah. doing for? Yeah. Totally. And for what? And, and so. Now look at you being authentic. The lives that you are affecting by saying you can be yourself and still have your passions and do what you love and you don't have to hide. I mean, like, you're changing yeah. You're changing lives by just being yourself. That's so crazy. That like hits in such a way because it's like, I know in my everyday life, like how much I've changed as a person, like just going quiet for two years before I came out was just like this therapeutic cleanse of like, none of these things matter. What matters is that we're living our lives to the fullest and you can't, it is impossible to live your life to the fullest while you're not being yourself. There's just so not true. a way to do it. That's so, it feels so simple and basic that you said that, but that is so hard for so many people to be themselves. We've had so many societal norms for so long and just so many things that are just so antiquated that we still continue to live by. And then you start asking, like, wait, why are we doing this? And then you realize, like, oh, happiness is literally just around the corner. Like, happiness is right there if you just allow it to be. And during, like, my two years of just, like, quiet, like, at home, me and Hillary living in our bubble and having our friends around us who we know we have all the love and support in the world from, um, it just made me realize like, this is what matters in life. And if I don't have this, then none of the other, anything else really matters because I was like living the best life. I was like out on the road and I was touring with my heroes and, you know, I was making a living doing what I love singing. And I, at the same time, I was so unhappy and in those two years that you had off, is that what you did? You just settled into to being yourself quietly without like feeling the pressure of having to lie and do this double life. Did you just kind of get your bearings about you of like how you wanted to move yeah. forward? Yeah. I, I mean, I was writing a lot and I think that that helped me kind of just figure out some stuff, you know, just writing and like, where's my heart? And I definitely took that time to just go like, what matters to me? It was this crazy, again, like such a simple question, but Hillary said to me about right, right when I had to go off the road and she said, I was like, honey, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to go back to being an artist. Like, I don't even know if my record label is going to keep me. They did. It's been seven years. <laughs> She was like, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to keep my publishing deal. Like, I don't know if anyone's going to remember me. Like, I just don't know. And she was like, honey, what would make you happy? And 
it was the first time in my life that I had asked myself, what would make me happy? And that was just like, Ooh, like, you know, what was it? What do you mean? What would make, what what was the answer to that question? The answer to that question was I can't have one or the other. I have to have both. Like I have to, I have to be an artist and put out music that I love and create music that I love and share this music that I love. But I also have to be me and I can't do one without the other. Like I'm not going to be able to make music without being myself and I'm not going to be able to be myself without making music. So like I have to have both. And that was just like also this light bulb moment where I was like, maybe I don't have to choose between one or the other. And I can live my authentic life and be in love with who I'm in love with and also do what I do and do what I love. And, um, that just like kind of set the the tone for like the next couple of years of me going toward self-love and like going on this journey of self-acceptance, like growing up in a house of, in a school, I went to a, a Christian school my whole life until I was a sophomore in high school and just kind of like deconstructing what I was taught about religion and then like learning and creating this, my own relationship with God and like knowing like we're good, you know? Um, And coming to self-love and then also getting to make my music. So, damn, it's just been a journey. I feel like I've lived like 10 lives in the last five years. You have. But I'm just so happy to be on the other side. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. 
and of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. Tell me about these two latest performances you've had. One on the Grand Old Opry with Trisha Yearwood, and then your latest. I was so sad I couldn't make your show at Exit Inn. You just had a show at Exit Inn, which was, like, off the chain. Everyone was, like, dancing their brains out and having the best time. You had Philip Sweet of Little Big Town join you on stage, and you sang Girl Crush with him. So talk to me about, like, is your mind just blown that, like, all this legendary stuff is happening and you're singing with the greats? I mean, you are a great, but, like, the, all these people are coming into your existence. Talk to me about those performances. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it has been absolutely insane. Like, two months ago, Trisha Yearwood calls me, and she's like, Oh, yeah, because that's hey. normal. <laughs> Because that's normal. Yeah. Um, completely normal Tuesday. Um, she calls me and she's like, hey, I, are, you, are you playing at the Opry anytime soon? And I'm like, um, I just played a couple weeks ago, but why? And she was like, oh, don't worry about it. And I'm like, talk to me. I'm sure we can figure something out. And she was like, um, I really want to do something to celebrate Pride Month. And I want to do it with you. And she said, people have been coming to me for years saying, don't tell anyone, but I secretly say she's in love with the girl, or I secretly say he's in love with the boy. And she was like, if I'm allowed to get up on stage and sing about my love, my husband every night, I want queer people to feel as though they can sing their truth too. That makes me like literally have tears in my eyes. I want to cry. I just have to have a moment of tears. Like that is so amazing. Caroline, I am sitting there just like trying to be cool, like talking to my vocal hero. And I'm just like, Trisha, like, are you sure? I'm like, I don't know how people are going to react to this. You know, the Opry has people from everywhere. Like you just don't know. Are we going to get tomatoes thrown at us? (laughs) And she was like, girl, I don't really care. She's like, this is country music. I want to support you. I want to support this community. You are just as deserving of love and to like speak your truth as I am. So like, let's do it. 
and every stage of all the stages to do it. Yes. So like we rehearsed it right before the show with the Opry band. And I mean, literally until the last moment before we went on stage, just like figuring out, okay, who's singing this? Who's singing that? Like, and I didn't know she was going to change Katie and Tommy to Brooke and Hillary, which was incredible, which was so cool. And, um, Especially you were dedicated I mean, her song to you and Hillary in the song while she was singing. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. It was so wild. And she was like, you know, to honor your engagement to Hillary and to celebrate pride month. And like the audience is just like cheering over those things. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I did not expect that at all. Um, and if you watch the video on my Instagram, I'm literally like by the end of the song, jumping up and down. You have so much energy in that video. <laughs> like your body is just, you might as well have trampling, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I grew up listening to Trisha Yearwood and how she sang. I even like up until I, I probably still do it. I like tap my hip because that's what Trisha does when she's singing. And I'll like still do it sometimes when I'm on stage. And like, I literally grew up with her like voice in my speakers every day. So for her to come out and like make such a statement for love and like such an action, like she didn't just say it, she like did something about it. And I just thought that's just the coolest thing in the entire world. Like to have one of my heroes, a country music icon, come out and like do that was just so incredible. Yeah. And then, you know, a month later I have my exit in show and we are talking about, okay, covers, like what songs have like, you know, changed things for you in like the last few years. And I'm like, well, obviously girl crush, it was girl crush for me. And Philip Sweet from Little Big Town has just always, even before we really knew each other, he was always just so supportive. Like anytime I would post a picture with Hillary and I, he would comment on it or like put hearts under it. And he's I met that, him. He's that guy. He's so kind. He's that guy. He, he is the guy. Becky, their last name is Sweet. And I'm like, people live into their names because they are the sweetest people. I always tell them that. I'm like, how many times do you guys get jokes about this? Because you could not find two sweeter people. Yeah. And their last name is sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, just thinking about it, I was like, I'm going to ask Philip if he wants to, would want to come up and, and sing Girl Crush with me. And he was like, girl, we're in the studio that day. But if we're done by the time that you go on stage, I'll be there. And I'm like, well, okay. So up until like, you know, right before I went on stage, I didn't know if he was coming or not. And he's like, I'm on my way. I'll see you there. So we didn't rehearse. Isn't that the story of like being an artist or being an entertainer in general? Like there's, there's these moments that are on stage and recorded forever and people see them. And they're like, Oh my God, that was epic. But literally they're thrown together by the hair of your chinny chin chin. Like it just like everything is just like yeah. walking on a wire at all times. And then it comes together and it's amazing, but you have to hold it all so loosely because there's so many moving pieces. I feel like that is how everything happens. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. 
Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God. Yeah. Nothing that you see that you think is like super cool has been rehearsed like many times. Like usually it's like off the seat of your pants and you're just figuring it out, you know? <laughs> so y'all but never yeah. rehearsed it at all? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> we just, just, I even said it on stage. I was like, well, we've never done this before, but we love each other a lot. So I feel like we just have this like, okay, we got this, like, we'll figure this out. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just such a cool moment to have Philip come up and and sing that song, which was such an epic song when it came out. Um, 
up on that stage with me and then getting to sing these songs in front of a live audience for the first time and having them sing back to me. And again, I'm just like jumping up and down. The whole audience is kind of like jumping up and down. Like I'm like watching videos back from the audience and I'm like, oh my gosh, like y'all are lit in that audience. We got lit. I mean, and it we was were packed, just, Brooke. There was a ton of people there. Yeah, there were so. I mean, I think there were like three seventy-five or four hundred, four hundred people there, and it was just like, man, everyone was just there to party. Everyone was just there to have a good time, and we had a dang blast. Let me tell you. I mean, I'm like, can we do it again? Like, it was just so much fun. So what would you tell your young Brooke self who's embarking on this career, this dream? Now here you are all these years later, lifetimes lived, it feels like later. Yeah. What would you tell yourself now if you could give yourself any advice? You know, it's just like this really, it seems like so simple like we were talking about, but it's probably the most complicated thing. I would tell myself to be myself. And I don't even know that like, 22 year old Brooke knew how to do that. You know, it's just like decades of people pleasing and decades of chameleonizing. You figure out how to like work the world into your life. And then as you grow older, you have to like figure out how to work your life into the world. And I feel like that's just hitting you know, in the last year or two. And so like, I wish that I could just be a wise, you know, 20 something and know that like, I mean, what I would say is like, everything is going to be okay. And your life is going to be so much better than you could have ever imagined. Like, I never thought that like, I would be able to have a career and also be able to love someone. Like, up until I was like 26 years old, I truly thought I was a heartless bitch. <laughs> I truly was like, these are incredible people. Like I was dating all of these like amazing men, like beautiful inside and out and just like awesome. And I'm just like, why can't I get there with you? Like, I guess I just don't have it in me. Then I meet Hillary and she'll tell you, I have a lot of feelings now. <laughs> like... I have so much heart, like I'm so in it. And I'm like, oh, I guess it just needs to be with the right person. And it just wasn't any of those people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I never thought I would get married. Now I'm engaged. Like, and y'all have the most stunning rings ever. Are y'all's rings matching? Thank you. Um, they have two of the like, you can see them. Oh, they um, beautiful rings. Thank you. We got stackers just because you can like move them around. And to me, it's just like more creative. Like you can like move mm. them and shape them and do whatever you want. But, um, she has a turquoise gym in, in hers. Um, and two of our bands are the same, but a couple of them are different. We just wanted them to like coordinate with each other, but each have their own kind of like personality. Love. And I love that. Like she proposed to you first. And then she had no idea you were going to propose back to her. She knew I was going to propose back to her, but not when. And so we, we just so happened to plan proposals one weekend after the other. So Hillary proposed to me in Sedona, Arizona on May 13th. And then 
I proposed to her a week later in Nashville um, on the Virgin Hotel rooftop. And a bunch of our family and friends were there. And our dog was so funny. I told her that we were at the rooftop for a, um, for a People magazine interview. And so we get to the rooftop and she's like, where is everyone? And then she like saw the rose petals on the ground and she was like, and I was like, yeah, and I'm proposing to you. So she's like, oh my God, you got me. And then I didn't have the rings on me because I had planned um, for our best friend to pick up our dog from our house and the, the rings were on our dog Dolly's collar. So she said the whole time that I was proposing to her, she's like looking for the ring box. And then Dolly came out with the rings on her collar. So, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it was, that's so us to freaking plan proposals a weekend after each other and not plan it. Are you <laughs> so happy? It. Are you just so happy right now? I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I mean, I just have to say that, like, no matter what comes after, being your authentic self. I promise that being your authentic self is a hundred times better than being what you think other people want you to be. Amen. Brooke, okay, yeah. so I always wrap up with one question. I mean, this whole thing has been just like inspiration, 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 but I always wrap up with leave your light, which is basically what do you want people to know just off the top of your head? I mean, you've already said, you basically, this whole thing is light, so. Yeah. I mean, for me, my, like, what I want people to know is that if you live your life the most honest way that you know how, like if you live, I think I, when I read Untamed, I always go back to this and I will say it a million times. Like it's my Bible. It's like what I live by, but there is a quote in there that says the braver you are, the luckier you get. Mm. And I just really live by that these days. Like if there's something that seems too big for me to do, like I'm too afraid to do it. That's when I decide I have to do it because the braver you are and the more courage you have to go after what you want or to be something or to be who you are, even no matter how scary that may be, the luckier that you'll get, like the better your life will get. It's almost like, the universe or, or God or whatever you believe in, like it gives you presence of life by living authentically and living courageously. It's crazy. I sound psycho, no, but I sound, really you, believe it. You don't sound psycho at all. You sound like absolutely brilliant. And I think that it just takes bravery to to live brave, you just have to, it takes bravery to be brave, but like yeah. literally you just have to go for it because why not? Like you will miss it. You would have missed all of this if you would have stayed in the dark with your ulcers, feeling so nauseous, anxious, unhappy, not being authentic. Can you imagine if you were still there? Oh my God. I don't think I would still be here, Caroline. Like, I don't know that I would have made it this long. That sounds dramatic, but like physically, medically, I don't know that I would be here had I not gotten my emotional and psychological health figured out. Wow, Brooke, that's, that is like 
serious. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And I am so inspired by you and the way that you are changing the world, changing country music, changing the world, changing lives. You're such a bright light to this world. And I literally, every time I see you, hear your name, see anything you do, it just like lights me up with joy. I'm so just thankful to know you and to be to be your friend to see the work that you're doing in this world it's it i'm just i'm so i'm so honored to be your friend and know you and like to get to talk to you and see your heart on this level i love you sister i love you too brooke and you're just the greatest and i can't wait to see where the rest of your journey unfolds oh thank you all right well have a wonderful day and hopefully i see you soon yes let's do something soon A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.